Chapter 22 If thoughts of love deter you so, because of tricks in those you name, you rail unjustly since you know that these are women of ill fame. François Villon, Ballad of the Fair Adventuress to the Daughters of Joy, 1461 In late September, after a long summer traveling with Babette, I begin school again. My first course at Cascade Campus is creative writing. I enter the partially filled classroom and select a chair from around 20 arranged in a circle. The professor, a middle-aged man with gray hair, writes on the chalkboard. Raymond Carver, Joyce Carol Oates, Amy Tan, André Debus, Kate Braverman. All chatter halts and a deep silence falls. American short story authors don't usually inspire such reverence. I glance to my right and notice three men sitting bolt upright, lips parted, and eyes wide. Holy shit, says one quietly. God damn, echoes another in response, his tone hushed. Their attention fixes on a woman in the doorway. She stands tall in stiletto heels, dark braids wrapped up in a red and yellow scarf. Her skirt is short, and above it, a tight white blouse barely contains the immense bosom within. A contemplative expression drifts across the soft features of her exquisite brown face. She surveys the room with slow deliberation, approaches closely, and sits directly on my left. A wave of honeyed perfume passes over me. Dumbly, I peruse the syllabus, attention shattered. Her odor is pure sex. The woman, surely a goddess from Babette's pagan texts, rummages through her book bag, then turns and grabs my elbow. Hey, what's your name? she asks. Ross. She smiles, then holds out a hand, fingernails manicured and scarlet. Anakia. Her fingers squeeze, then slide across my knuckles. Surprised, I pull away. Are you a writer? she asks. Sort of. There are some short story ideas kicking around my head. I like research papers also. That's mostly what I write these days. Anakia purses her lips, light hazel eyes studying me. I'm a poet. Would you like to hear some of my poetry? Sure. I think we should hang out after class, she continues. Maybe you can come visit over at my place. The tawny skin bulging above the neckline of her blouse is impossible to ignore. Chairs squeak as more students enter and take seats. My pulse spasms. Before I can respond, the professor clears his throat. <clears throat> All right, it looks like everyone's here. Let's start with introductions. We'll go around clockwise. Tell us where you come from, a few personal details, and what subjects you enjoy reading. When it's my turn, I stand. My name is Ross. I'm from Seattle, but spent the last year in Portland with several odd living arrangements. By profession, I've usually worked as a roofer or forklift operator. Most literature I love has always been nonfiction, but my favorite novel is McTeague by Frank Norris. It's fantastic because the characters are complicated, just like real life. You can't sympathize with anyone. A couple people laugh, and our professor grins. He motions to Anakia. She rises, and another rush of perfume whispers overhead. Every gaze locks on her. I'm Anakia Singh. My father came from Nigeria, and my mother is East Indian. I grew up in Portland, but spent the last couple of years in Hawaii. The books I like best are usually poetry collections or works on Sufism. It's so important developing a spiritual side. Oh, and I just met Ross here, but I'm very excited to spend more time with him. Her voice lowers. A lot more time. My mouth gapes, and both cheeks redden in a hot rush. 
I grin awkwardly, then look up at her. She winks. The men on my right cast incredulous stares. Creative writing passes by slowly, but few words the professor utters penetrate my brain. Every time I glance left, Anakia catches my eye and smiles. Her knees angle toward me, narrowly pressed together. Something must be wrong. This isn't reality. No person has ever reacted to me this way. Hot blood pumping through every vein amplifies into screaming torrents and my whole body vibrates. After class, we walk to a nearby southbound bus stop on Albina Street. In heels, Anakia must stand at least three inches taller than me, but her coiled braids and scarf amplify this height even more. As soon as we board and sit down on the narrow bench seat, she pulls close. Sweet body oil wraps around us in a protective fog. Her left hand grips my thigh, the right caresses my neck. Every survival instinct I possess screams something is amiss, but Anakia's pheromones overpower all reason. My lips drag across her ear, and she coos softly. We step off downtown, and she directs us toward another bus stop, one arm draped around me. I rest a hand on one curving hip. This transfer will take us into the upscale northwest district. My apartment isn't far, Anakia observes, but there's no way I could make it in these shoes. Why do you wear them? I ask. She stares at me with a twinge of pity. Flats don't go with this outfit. Oh, look, a taxi. Never mind the bus. We can split it. She leans into the street and flags down a black radio cab. We climb in back and Anakia gives the driver an address, just off 23rd Avenue. He glares rearward and examines her. You realize that's only four blocks, lady? Yes, she replies indignantly. I know where the hell I live. The driver raises an eyebrow at me in the mirror. I look away. After 90 seconds, we stop in front of an immaculate older brick building. Anakia opens her purse while I withdraw my wallet and count out half the tab. We exit into mid-afternoon sunlight and the cab growls off in search of better fares. Anakia leads me through the lobby and into an elevator with draw cage doors. We reach the fourth floor and walk down a plush hallway. At her entryway, she fishes inside her purse for keys. The lock clicks open, and I follow her within. Inside, the space is quite elegant, with polished hardwood floors and tasteful art on every wall. The furniture and decorations are minimal, mostly modern or faux-antique. Anakia gestures across the living room to a short hallway. My room is this way. I follow her into a chamber, overflowing with clothes. They spill from the half-open wardrobe, burst out of partially closed drawers, and lay strewn across the floor in piles. Panties, bras, corsets, skirts, teddies, yoga pants, blouses, dresses, and mixed among them, money. Twenties and tens stand out amidst so many one-dollar notes I can't avoid stepping on them. Anakia waves me toward the bed, and I make space, pushing aside several sequined pillows. A Benjamin Franklin lies crumpled underneath one. So you're, a uh... Dancer? I ask. Yas, an exotic dancer. <laughs> she purrs with an affected accent, then laughs. Looks like you could use an accountant. Maybe. Do you like this shirt? I just bought it yesterday. She holds up a sky-blue silken garment. Wait, let me try it on first. Anakia unbuttons her blouse in a businesslike manner and tosses it aside. She slowly bends close. Her golden skin glows and sweet perfume floods forward as she moves nearer. I avert my gaze from the spectacular breasts within her leopard print bra. She wants to be touched, nothing could be more clear, but everything still feels wrong. 
My nerves jangle on red-hot alert. With a sudden step back, Anakia stretches into the new blouse and fastens it. Her expression is calculating. She spins around and strikes an exaggerated pose against the wall. How about now? I nod, then twitch as turning keys clatter from the other room. The front door closes and footsteps approach. Firm knuckles rap on the bedroom door. Hey, sugar, comes a male voice. You home? Oh, Anakia whispers in my ear. That's my boyfriend. She straightens up. Yes, baby? The door opens and a pink-faced man wearing athletic warm-ups enters. He appears to be in his mid-thirties and drips with perspiration. Anakia offers her full lips to him for a tender kiss. Babe, this is my gay friend Ross from school. We have a writing class together. He is going to help with my poetry. The man offers a moist handshake. Hi, bro. Hi. I meet his eyes briefly, then lower my head. He barely registers me. Damn, Shug, those kids at the basketball court wore me out. I am so fucking hungry. What do we got to eat? Anakia shrugs. There's some leftover tie from the other night. It's still good. The man brightens. Oh, hell yeah, that was delicious. He spins on his heel and leaves. Dishes clatter from the kitchen, and a microwave hums. Well, I think I'll be on my way, I declare loudly, standing up. We probably got enough homework done for now. Anakia walks me to the door and pulls close for an embrace. Gay friend Ross? I whisper in her ear. What? You're not gay? She shrugs. Well, that's okay. See you in class soon. 